I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi, Titan fans. Welcome in. This is the Titans Film Room podcast, and today we're doing some film review. Um, I'm going to be asking Justin some questions and he's going to be giving me his in-depth analysis. So I'm pretty excited. Um, I like his point of view. And if you don't already follow him on Twitter, you can get to him at Titans Film Room. And you can follow me on Twitter at South Texas Titan. I usually do memes, but Justin's the one you want to go to when you want, you know, film review and information. So let's get this thing started. All right. Justin, how are you doing today? You know, it's a good day. It's a good day. I'm excited to get into the film because the Titans played well, and those films are always exciting to review. (laughs) So what do you want to break down first? you want to do the offense or the defense? Let's start with the offense. The offense played very well, obviously. They scored 27 points on four touchdowns all through the air, which is such an interesting thing to see from the Tennessee Titans. You don't don't usually see that. (laughs) So if we're getting into the air aspect, what did you like from the quarterbacks? Well, let's start with Marcus Mariota because he is the guy that we all want to know about. And I think a lot of there's been a lot of negativity about his performance. He was he was pretty much just fine. You know, he threw eight passes. He only completed four of them. They were all to Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys had six targets on one drive, which is very interesting to me. And a lot of people have been noticing that Mariota's passes came out a tick late. And I think that there's a really interesting and good reason for why the passes came out a tick late. It's because in last year's offense, Mariota was perfectly adept at throwing two outbreaking receivers with anticipation before they made their cuts. He, he did it all season long. And uh, especially, there's like a few plays that really stand out, like the Anthony Ferkser catch, Corey Davis against the Texans. Anyway, with Adam Humphreys, he was not throwing it with that same anticipation. And I think the reason is Adam Humphreys' routes were not predefined outbreaking routes. They're option routes because they're seeing man coverage. And Adam Humphreys is going to be asked against man coverage to decide if he wants to break inside or outside. And it's going to be Mariota's job to read his body language and throw it based on which way he thinks Adam Humphreys is going to break. And they obviously have to be on the same page. So Mariota and Humphreys haven't worked together that much. So Mariota doesn't exactly know yet which way Humphreys is going to be breaking. And that's the whole point, I think, of the first drive of this game was for those two guys to get a bunch of reps with option routes so that they can get their timing down because they were slightly off in this game. So something I'll be looking for as we move forward in the preseason is that timing improving because that's going to be key to converting drives. Now, even with the slightly late timing, they were able to convert. They converted multiple third downs on that drive. and. They almost converted the fourth down drive. I posted a little breakdown of this play on Twitter, the fourth down play on the opening drive. Mariota to Humphreys, just slightly late on the throw, and Adam Humphreys was drifting backwards at the point of the catch. If the throw was slightly sooner, it could have been completed. If Humphreys wasn't drifting backwards, despite the late throw, it could have been completed. So it was just a little bit off on all sides and that's the whole point of preseason is to tune up those things 
So you like to see that um, get better as we move forward. It's only week one, right? Right. And as the weeks go on, you're going to see that snap count increase. So we're, exactly. I think we're going to see good things, especially from Adam, because that was a really fun drive to watch. And you also have to keep in mind that Taylor Lewan was not out there. He played with the second team. Roger Saffold was not out there. Delaney Walker was not out there. Corey Davis was not out there. A.J. Brown, who may or may not be with the first team by the time we get to the season, was not out there. So Nate Davis may or may not be a part of the first team. He was not out there. Who knows? Right. So saying all that, let's pump the brakes on our next quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill played very well. He was also a tick late on some of his throws, but they didn't really ever seem to bite him. He was also a touch behind on a couple of throws, but the receivers made great plays. Um. But he led. He had two three and outs, but he also had two touchdown drives. He he threw the ball efficiently. He attacked downfield. He didn't take any sacks. He he played a good game overall. And it's really nice to know that if Marcus Mariota gets hurt this season, it's not the end of the game. It's not the end We're of the world. Stay competitive. Yep. Exactly. And and if Mariota did go down, that third quarterback who y'all know I love already, Logan Woodside. Who also played well. Uh, what did, did you like anything from Logan? Woodside did play well. He, um, We talked a lot about him yesterday, but we'll talk about him again from a film perspective. Also, a couple of throws that were a bit late, especially um bad throw to Khalif Raymond that should have been intercepted. Khalif Raymond made a great play on a tipped pass and, and caught it. That was probably Woodside's worst play against heavy pressure in his face. But outside of that, I thought he played very well. He took three sacks. He threw the ball away on a fourth down, <laughs> but it's just preseason. So, you know, those are little things that you can clean up. He, there was one play where he was changing the play at the line of scrimmage and he got caught and got a delay a game penalty. But you like to see that he is noticing something in the defense and has enough of a command to know to change the play. And it's good for him to learn that you have to do that faster at this level. So I thought he was promising, promising enough to... Keep an eye on if he continues to play this well, he's going to be worth keeping on the final 53 man roster, which is something I did not think I would say a week ago. It would make me super excited. Um, now, everybody they were thrown to, were there a couple of bottom, like of the depth chart receivers that caught your eye? I think the two guys that caught everyone's eye were Khalif Raymond and Cody Hollister. Khalif Raymond uh, had a couple of plays where the ball hit him in the hands and he didn't finish the play. Cyprian was one that Jonathan Cyprian ripped one out. And one of them was sort of an extension catch that he wasn't able to make and on a shorter throw. But I think that he played really well in terms of being able to get open. He made a big play on a third and 16 where he took a big hit and he popped right up. He showed off some versatility, returned kicks and punts. I think he's really in the in the mix for the sixth wide receiver if they keep six. Darius Jennings has got to step up and start producing at the same level as Khalif Raymond. I think Jennings is still ahead of Raymond on the depth chart. He was running with the ones in practice all weekend. So I think that Jennings is still the guy that they that they based on his experience or whatever it is. I mean, something that we're not seeing behind the scenes. He seems to be their guy. But Khalif Raymond is on his heels, I think. And then the other guy was Cody Hollister, who made a number of difficult catches. One where he got hit really hard and hung on. Two nice sideline grabs. A third sideline grab in the end zone where he got both feet down all three times for his four catches. And he also drew a 
defensive holding penalty in the secondary on one of his great routes downfield. So those guys are people to keep your eye on, possible practice squad candidates if they can't stick on the final 53. That's exciting. I really like Raymond. I'm a big fan. But as a Titans fan, I don't want to get attached to any bottom chart wide receivers. (laughs) Um, So during this game, we had a lot of uh, offensive line switching around and different groups. Um, As far as that interior goes, did you have a favorite group or somebody that was catching your eye throughout the game? Yeah, so they, the first team offensive line saw um, Dennis Kelly at left tackle because that's who's going to start the season with Taylor Lewan's suspension. Jameel Douglas was at left guard in place of Roger Saffold, who sat out this game. Ben Jones at center played just fine. Right guard Kevin Pamphiel to start the game. And right tackle Jack Conklin, who played very well. Now, this group only played one drive. It was the first 10 snaps of the game, 11 snaps if you count the false start penalty uh, on the very first play. but. Then the second group, who was also the fourth group, which was interesting to me, saw Aaron Stinney come in for Jameel Douglas and Corey Levin come in at center and Taylor Lewan played with this group. Austin Pastor ended up playing the most snaps of anyone. He played 67 snaps in this preseason game. The Titans ran 89 offensive snaps, which is a boatload of snaps, especially for a preseason game, which usually... There are less snaps because in the second half, teams are just running the ball and running out the clock. But anyway, the guy who stood out to me was Corey Levin. Corey Levin was moving bodies at center. In the second half, he played left guard, which was interesting, with Jameel Douglas at center. Jameel Douglas has been getting a lot of run with the ones. This past weekend, he played with the ones instead of Kevin Pamphiel at right guard. He played. Uh, he started the game at left guard, and in the second half, he was playing center. But to be honest, I really thought he struggled in this game. He gave up multiple pressures. He missed a few blocks in the run game. He had a couple of nice plays at center. He had a nice reach and turn block on one play. But overall, I'm struggling to see why the coaching staff is is playing him so much. Mike Vrabel said that they love his effort. So hopefully he will continue to improve with more playing time and his effort will come to mean more. But right now... I'm not really, I don't think that he's the best fit to start. I think Corey Levin moving to center and Ben Jones moving to right guard could end up being the best combination for this offensive line. Corey Levin was really effective in this game, both in pass protection and in the run game. He was moving bodies in the run game. One play, he locked onto a linebacker and drove him from the left side of the screen all the way off to the right side of the screen, like 15 yards downfield. He had a really nice reach and turn block. And Ben Jones has been playing very solid, too. For some reason, they really like to put Levin in at center and move Ben Jones over. And Levin played left guard in the second half of this game, so maybe they're looking at him there, too. But I thought Levin was quite impressive in this game. And then the other guy, Pranis Krasu, he held his own. I mean, he was playing against third stringers in the second half in the fourth quarter, but he played pretty well, too, I thought. He didn't have any mistakes that I saw. So that's what I saw from the O-line. Kind of an important note, um, when the Texans drafted um, Ben Jones, he was drafted as a center, but uh, he actually got to start as right guard for a few years. So I think that's something to keep an eye on in camp. And if they eventually do move him to right guard, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, So that was the offense. Let's go ahead and take it to break. And when we're back, we're going to talk about the defense. I'm Alex Rodriguez. 
And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back from break. Um, So with that defense... Um, I mean, what, they held the Eagles to 10 points. Uh, granted that, you know, those bottom chart quarterbacks with other teams aren't always the God tier that Logan Woodside is. Um, but let's go ahead and break down the defense. Uh, is there a certain position group you want to start with? Yeah, why don't we start with the secondary? Because the first team defense played really well. They held it three and out on the first possession. And then on their second possession, it was a five play and out type of deal but i thought a dory jackson was a player who stood out because of what happened early when he gave up a 75 yard touchdown and then later on he had two really nice pass breakups on back-to-back plays against jj arthega whiteside as the announcers were pronouncing it but something interesting to me was that Lashawn sims played ahead of jackson on the defense's second possession I don't know why that happened, um, but then when Jackson came in, he gave up a 75-yard touchdown. Sims is a little stockier as far as cornerbacks go, no? Yeah, he's he doesn't have the insane start-stop ability of change of direction like Adoree Jackson does. He's a physical guy who can body up some bigger wide receivers. Amani Hooker, the rookie fourth-round draft pick, played with the first-team defense also, but he only played with them on third down. On both third downs that the Titans faced, Rashawn Evans was lined up as a three-tech defensive lineman, and Amani Hooker came in to play a deep safety, which was a pretty interesting look, a three-safety look. They had technically three defensive linemen in with Evans playing on the line, along with Jayon Brown in at linebacker, the three cornerbacks, and three safeties. So that was a really interesting look that I think is very versatile. They had uh, Kenny Vaccaro playing as a deep zone safety and coming up and playing man-to-man defense on a tight end and coming up as a box safety. He made a really nice tackle on a running play early on. So it's really interesting to see all the different combinations that they're putting through with the secondary. In addition to that, the depth is outstanding. Ty Smith, JoJo Tillery had a really, I mean, it was a pretty easy interception, but he was in the right place because he was reading the routes right. This guy, Kareem Orr, has been making a lot of buzz at camp. He had a one-handed interception on in Sunday's practice. He's played pretty well, too. It, it's really interesting to see. I mean, I don't know who's going to stick on the roster because all these guys are talented back there. So moving on to the linebackers, I know he didn't play a lot of snaps, but Rashawn Evans, did you like what you saw from him? Very much, actually. Rashawn Evans, he only played eight snaps, which is how many the first-team defense played. He was lined up as an inside linebacker, traditional inside linebacker, on all of the first and second downs, and he was lined up on the defensive line on all of the third downs, which were two. He had a really nice run stop where he threw his shoulder into the pulling left guard and then tackled the running back for a two-yard loss, which was a really nice play. He drew a hands to the, illegal hands-to-the-face penalty on one of his two pass-rushing plays, 
So he was extremely efficient in a very, very low number of snaps. I think we're about to see him take a leap this year. And the fact that he was only out there for the eight snaps with the first team defense means that the coaching staff is expecting that leap to happen as well. I'm really excited for him. Did you uh, like what you saw from David Long Jr.? David Long Jr. was flying around out there. I did. I studied his tape very closely. I wrote a breakdown of his time at West Virginia for MusicCityMiracles.com when after the Titans drafted him. And he looked like the player I saw on tape reacting very quickly to the plays that happened in front of him. He was in on like four straight plays on his uh, later in the third quarter. Early in the third quarter, he was part of helping the team force a three and out with a pass defensive play where he kind of got there and made the running back drop the ball. He did have a penalty for face masking and then horse collar tackling a guy, which was just a product of his aggressiveness. But he was really standing out on tape. Like when I watched the second half of this game, when I did my rewatch, I wasn't really looking for David Long at first. And he stood out on tape because he was in on every single play for like a five play span on the defensive side. I'm actually, I'm really excited about him. Um, well, I guess only time will tell, but I really like what I saw. And he also lined up as a pass rusher a few times. This guy might be like a Rashawn Evans light type of guy who he's a little bit smaller than Evans, but he is just as physical and aggressive and he can line up all over the defense. And from what we heard, he really commanded that locker room in West Virginia as well, as far as a leader. So. It'll be really interesting to see how he develops. True, and usually six-round picks may, may not have a great shot to stick on this roster, but if David Long keeps playing like this, they will not be able to cut him. No way. Um, defensive line? Defensive line. Jarrell Casey did not play, but Daquan Jones in his eight snaps, I think it was, he played very, very well. Um, he was standing up double teams and pushing linemen into the backfield and resetting the line of scrimmage behind the line, and... He only played eight snaps, like I said, but he he played he stood out uh, in those snaps. And Brett Urban was another guy that, when I was watching the game, was just like, "Wait, who's ninety six again?" Oh yeah, that's Brent Urban, the guy we signed, and he actually played a lot of snaps in this game. And he was in the backfield getting pressure quite a bit. Isaiah Mack was another guy that was in the backfield in the second half that was making me look up who this number in this guy is because he kept making plays on tape, and. Uh, Isaiah Mack, actually, I think he's the one that broke Nate Sudfeld's wrist by, or he injured somebody by pushing them after the whistle, which was not a cool play. Um, And the Titans also, the Titans defense, like you said, had the benefit of going against Cody Kessler, who they've seen, who they're pretty familiar with because he played in Jacksonville, and then going against Clayton Thorson, who had one of the worst performances you're going to see from a quarterback. He was two for nine with a 0.0 quarterback rating and a horrible interception. He was terribly inaccurate as a passer. He also had receivers that were flat out dropping the ball on fourth down when they would have converted if they'd caught it, and things like that. So the Titans defense was fortunate, but the fact that the Eagles only had the ball for 22 minutes in this game is a pretty impressive accomplishment. The fact that they went one for one for 10 on third down. I mean, the only play that the defense really got beat on was one 75-yard touchdown that Adoree Jackson, Mike Vrabel talked about this after the game, Adoree, if he reaches with his outside arm instead of his inside arm, he might be able to bat the ball down because he really missed it by like half an inch maybe. And then there was like one big play-action play where Darren Bates bit on a play-action and came forward and left the uh, tight end wide open behind him for a big play that that set up their only field goal that they made. So the defense played 
pretty locked down overall, and I think that's going to be a theme of the season. Uh, Finch, Correa, did you like what you saw from them as far as rushing? You know, I thought Correa kind of struggled. He had a nice pass rush on a stunt play, which was freed up for him. And other than that, I didn't think he played particularly well. He definitely didn't have a good night in the run game, so to speak. Meanwhile, I thought Shree Finch did play well. He was the Titans' top defensive lineman in terms of snap count with 27 of the 57 total snaps on defense. He played most of the first half, and he had a few good pressures. He didn't, I don't think he did much in the box score to stuff the stat sheet, but he he was just in the backfield forcing the quarterback off his spot. He forced a bad throw on a third and four that led to an incompletion and a punt and things like that. So he had a good game, uh, Sharif Finch. I think he's going to be a starter. He did have one tackle for loss. Um, but he's going to be a starter out there, probably across from Harold Landry, and I don't think Correa will have as much playing time as Finch. Although something interesting about Correa was he played a couple snaps as a stand-up linebacker dropping off the line, which is he does have that versatility because that's pretty much how Baltimore used him before trading in Tennessee. So he will have a role. Uh, I'm pretty excited for Finch, and I know this coaching staff loves Finch. Um, We definitely saw it last year, Um, and I think he's really going to be developing into a, a good starter and situational rusher agreed i think finch has is a guy that for an undrafted free agent is going to be a a starter and a contributor and that's that's quite an accomplishment well that just about does it for the film review podcast of titans film room uh we hope to see you again i believe we'll be coming back on wednesday yep tomorrow morning tomorrow morning um try to discuss the upcoming matchup with the Patriots and any news that we may have run into over the week. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Me too. Um, so don't forget to follow us on Twitter at South Texas Titan and at, you can follow Justin at Titans film room. Uh, don't forget to review and subscribe. We need those subscribers. Uh, it really helps us out and please leave us a five-star review please we're not begging but we are (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah we'll see you tomorrow that music will take us out that music will take us out all right i think we're good